Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to know that God reached way down and rescued me from the mire of my sin changed my life. He truly did. He's real to me this morning. I hope He's real to you. And if not, as mentioned, you can know Him by faith today. I think about the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They expected so much different than what they found in Christ. They thought He would be some kingly type, one who would come and present Himself and set up His reign. But he came as a lowly servant, making claims that they thought, what is this? Who is this? They had the ideal in their mind of who he would be and what he would be like, so much so that they rejected the real Messiah, the real Savior. I think that's where many of us live if we're not careful. We know what our life is to be or what we want it to be. And instead of dealing with what is in faith and seeing God in it, we resist it, we miss it, we even resent it, and then we reject it. Amazing. That's what the Pharisees did in Jesus' day. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me back to the book of John. John chapter 8 this morning, would you find your place there? Jesus has just let this woman taken in adultery go free upon the forgiveness of her sin. He said, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more in verse 11. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I want you to underline that, I am. I am the light of the world. Who is Jesus? The very words of Jesus testify as to who He is, but so do His works. They affirm His claims. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. Hold your place, go back to chapter 1, and just see what he said about this matter of light and life. They go hand in hand, opposite sides of the same coin. Chapter 1 and verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not." The darkness was not able to lay hold of the light. The darkness could not just hold the light back, but the light dispelled the darkness. The light of Christ brought the light of life. Without the light of Jesus Christ, there is no eternal life. There is no life abundant. He said, I am come that you might have life and life more abundant. That's who He is. That's why He came. That's what He wants us to experience in this life. 
Are we so busy thinking, well, I thought it'd be like this. Or I thought I'd experience the other. Or I thought I'd be at this place by now at this point in my life. Is that what you're grappling with today? Is that why you're sad in not only spirit, but in your soul? There's a soul that go, there's a sadness that goes deep. <laughs> and it's a soul sadness. A disappointment. A sadness that says, wow, is this it? I want to remind you this morning, friend, that you are blessed. You have been given the gift of life another day to live. The gift of choice. The ability to choose to look at life from God's perspective or from your own. To demand your expectations be met or live in perpetual frustration, aggravation, and ingratitude. Or to just simply say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Lord, whatever you say, whatever you want is what I want. Whatever you allow, Lord, that's what I will choose for my life. And I will navigate that. I will steward that by your help, by your wisdom, by your strength, by the light of your word that you've given me. Go back to John chapter 8 and find your place here. Verse 13, we read, The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. See, that they were blinded by their pride, their self-will, their self-righteousness. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go. Would you underline that? That's the great quandary of life. So many people, that's where they're stuck. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they're going. The great questions of life. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? The world doesn't have an answer for those questions that are inherent in our very spirit, our heart, because God has set eternity in all of our hearts. We know that there's something beyond this realm we know that there's something beyond this life. This life must have some kind of definition, some kind of meaning. Without the truth of God's Word, we just guess. We grapple where man came from and try to force some kind of alternate narrative that people can believe in and somehow soothe their conscience. Can you imagine Coming to a point to where you believe that there's no real meaning in life, there's no real creator, there's no real design, there's no real reason for me being here, and there's nothing to look forward to beyond this veil of tears. I'm getting a little older. Some of you have noticed that. I've been here a little while now. And I'm telling you, the more I go and I visit our dear singers in our church. Something I've come to say, I've just noted within myself of late. I'll say to them, I'm glad that this is not all there is to life.
aren't you? You're young, you're healthy, you're vibrant. You're ready to roll, right? Let's go, let's get moving. <laughs> Say that to some, and it's like, what? I'm doing good to sit here. Movement's going to take a little while now, all right? Sight, hearing, strength begins to fail. And then, is this it? You live and you die and it's over? No, friend. I'm glad that's not the end of your story, nor mine. There is an eternity that awaits. There is a God in heaven who made you. There is a reason for you being in this life. There is a purpose. There is a plan. There is not only this life, but that life which is to become. That world that awaits us for the child of God, the Word of God declares to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord immediately. Right then, in that moment, in that instant, we move out of this earthly tabernacle. We leave it behind. We're literally not there. If we know Christ, we're with the Lord. Friend, I want to encourage you to get this matter settled of your eternal destination. To know Christ is to know His peace, but also to know the prospect of the promise of heaven being realized in your future. But without that, the Bible says the rich man died. And in that moment in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. As sure as there's a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. Jesus warned against hell. Oh, how he warned against it. He said, if your right eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your right hand offend thee, cut it off. What was he saying? Literally, were to do that? No, no. What he was saying was this, at all cost, don't go to hell. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. At all cost, don't let anyone or anything, any personal ambition or pleasure or any person in life that you would choose in the stead of trusting Christ. Don't let anyone keep you back because the Bible talks about the fearful. They'll not find a place in heaven. Those who were afraid of missing out on what the world had to offer. Those who were afraid of what others would say or think. Those who were afraid of what they might it might cost them to serve the Lord or what they might have to give up. Friend, I pray that God will open your eyes, that you'll see that from His perspective, an eternal perspective, instead of the Pharisees, because they had just an earthly judgment, Jesus says here. And He says, I have the eternal perspective. I pray that you'll be able to see, hey, what will I miss if I don't trust Christ? If I don't serve God with my life, what will I miss then? Oh, that's the greater void. Because Jesus says here, notice this. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. 
The word judge here means to distinguish, but it also has the thought of condemn. You're just living this way. You're looking and perceiving in others what you see outwardly to be truly an indictment of who they are inwardly. That's the way you're living your life. You're filled with earthly judgment. And the thought there is condemnation. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 3 after our most familiar verse, verse 16? He said, I've not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, the Bible says, might have life. He's the light of the world, the life that we're all looking for, that everyone wants desperately and can have by faith sins forgiven, purpose in this life, and life eternal in heaven. But here the Pharisees were just living on this plane, measuring themselves among themselves, sizing others up, condemning them, writing them off. Jesus said, that's not the way I look at people. Let me ask you a question this morning. When you look at other people, what do you see when you see them? I want you to think about it for a moment. Your attitude and your spirit toward others. Do you just see all things outward? And however that might strike you as to who they are or not? Are you always sizing people up? Are you threatened by people? Are you intimidated by people? Are you really insecure and you think it's not your own problem but it's everybody else's problem? Is that really what's going on in your life? Do you try to find your affirmation and your identity in life based upon how better you can be in your eyes as compared to someone else? See, that was the spirit, the very heart of the Pharisees. They didn't see it. They didn't realize it. Jesus said, now this is the way you live. This is the way you judge. He said, I judge no man. I, I'm not looking at the outward. I, I'm not looking. I didn't come to condemn. I, I came to save everyone is made in my image. Everyone has value. I'm willing to go to the cross to die for the sins of the whole world, not for just those who think they have no sin. <laughs> Why would I even go to Calvary if you were good enough? Friend, the Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. We're not good enough to get to heaven on our own. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in His sight. For all have sinned. That's you and me. That's why He had to come. That's why He had to die. The just for the unjust. The Pharisees didn't think they needed forgiveness. They didn't think they needed a Savior. They didn't think they had any sin even. Amazing. Some of us see that's the spirit that's in our heart. That's why we're always sizing people up, comparing people among themselves or us with them, them with us. We live in a perpetual cycle or realm of insecurity, of feeling threatened or frustrated or can't be happy for anyone else 
trying to draw all the attention to ourselves because if we get more and more attention then somehow we feel more and more accepted. Friend, you're going to have to find your acceptance in Jesus Christ as a member of the family of God and you're going to have to find your affirmation in Him. He loved you enough to die for you who died for me. Paul said, who loved me and died for me. I needed a Savior. We all need a Savior. And thank God we have one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, and if I judge, verse 16, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 6 says that Everything had to be established in the mouth of two witnesses. And so Jesus is giving this affirmation of the witness of the Father. He's a witness. The Father is a witness, not only to what He's claiming, what He's saying, but what His works are demonstrating to them. He says, and if I judge, my judgment is true. Jesus is speaking of an eternal perspective now. My judgment is true. I see the hearts of men. I know the hearts of men. And that is the judgment you should be concerned about. The judgment upon sin. And it will be a true judgment. It will not be, does my good outweigh my bad? It will not be, well, how am I, how do I stack up as opposed to, say, this person or those who really, really did some bad things. Surely I'm better than those. Friend, I want to tell you, we all are guilty. We all have sin. That's the bad news. <laughs> but the good news is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And I think about this. We read in verse 17, as I mentioned, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Amazing indictment upon these Pharisees. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. More of us just need to know this, that God has a purpose and a plan for us. And God will not only provide for us, he will also preserve us, and he will protect us for what he has for us. We need to rest in that today. Do you know the child of God is indestructible until God has completed His plan in his or her life? God knows that we have a measure of days. It's appointed unto men once to die. We have a measure of days. And there's all kinds of things people can say or do or plot even that God's going to care for His own. I thought this was interesting. I was reading the story of a soldier during World War II, and there was an intense fight in a particular area they were at, and he got separated from his uh, fellow soldiers, and somehow he was on uh, a little 
rise or like a little hilltop, but there were some crevices, even cave-like areas there. And he just sought refuge. And, and then as the soldiers were kind of getting closer, he could tell, he said, Lord, would you protect me? Would you preserve me somehow? And then about that time, a spider started making a web in the entrance of that cave, that little crevice where he crawled up under. And he thought, wow, here I need a brick wall, and God sends me a spider. And he said those soldiers came up there, and they looked in those little crevices and tried to see if anybody was in there. And they came to his place, and he thought, well, Lord, if this is it, I just uh, want to trust you with it. They came by there and they said, well, listen, you know, there's a spider web over this little cave here. And uh, if he'd gone in there, the web would have been broken. So you know he's not in there. And they walked on by. And he said, thank you, Lord. God protected him with a spider's web. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what God uses to protect or preserve us. He will do that if we'll trust him. As long as we're trying to follow him and honor him, he's got a purpose and a plan for our lives. The Pharisees couldn't get a hold of that. They couldn't grasp who Jesus really was. See, they had this ideal, they had this thought, they had this kind of image in their mind of who he would be. And here they were grappling with this just son of a carpenter. I mean, what is this? I wonder if that's where some of us are today. You've yielded your life to God. You've tried to do what's right. And, and you thought, well, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And, and, I, and oh, how he's going to work this out and take care of this. But then all of a sudden your life has become somewhat common, even mundane, day-to-day, -day ordinary. And you're like, whoa, what is this? Friend, I want to tell you. It is the gift of God. You're right where God has you. And God is working in your life. See His hand in the spider webs, as it were, of life. See His hand at work. You say, well, I thought it would be so much different or, or so much easier. I didn't think it would be this difficult. I mentioned the other night about how there's some things we face and we would say to ourselves, in a million worlds, I would have never thought I'd face this. But even in the midst of that, God is still God. He's still on His throne. You're still His child. He's still at work in your life. He still has a plan. And He is working right here, right now, in this day-to-day, -day, ordinary, common things of life, or even the setbacks, the difficulties, the great trials of your life. Don't judge your life or your God based upon your circumstances. Don't judge the value of your life based upon what you perceive God is doing in someone else's life. Sometimes it seems at your own expense. Don't give in to that and live by sight. Live instead by faith. Believe God. Take hold of His promise. Because Jesus said in verse 21, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. I wrote here in my Bible the worst thing that could ever happen to someone 
is just that, to die in your sins. He said, I'm going somewhere. You can't come there. Because you don't believe that I am, that I am. I am the Son of God, the Savior of the world. There's no other hope. There's no other path. Remember Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In our text here, he said, I am the light of the world. He also said, I am the door. No other way to get into the sheepfold of God to become one of his children. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We come to God by faith in Jesus Christ or we don't come to Him at all. But when we do come to Him, Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine. I am the vine and ye are the branches. If we abide in Him, think of that. He bears fruit through our lives. Different degrees or levels of fruit. Life is a stewardship. Life is taking what God is giving you and by faith doing something with it. Moving it forward, not sitting on the sidelines. I was listening to some preaching this morning. And uh, I'll tell you, it stirred my heart. I thought, wow, if there's anything that will make a preacher want to preach is listening to another preacher preach the Word of God. And I thought about that. This preacher was preaching on Moses there standing at the Red Sea and, and how he had to just hold that staff out and uh, how God would part the waters. And sometimes we're waiting on God to part the waters, but God is waiting on us to stand fast and stand still and to use what He's given us to do what He's given us to do. God has given us many things to do. I wonder what we're going to do with the ability and the opportunity we have this week. Are we going to talk it down? Are we going to talk ourselves out of it? Are we going to say, oh, no, it's just too hard, too much difficulty. I thought it would be different than this. I thought it would be better than this. Would you miss, perhaps, God's very gift to you? It didn't come in the way that you thought it would. It didn't present itself as such. In fact, it challenged you from a totally different angle of your life. And I wonder what God is trying to speak to us and say to us this morning. If you know me, if you abide in me, I can bear fruit through your life, make your life filled to overflowing. I can stir your heart with fresh conceptions of the great possibilities of your life yet fruit that remains much fruit who doesn't want to be a fruitful Christian just out talking to people yesterday witnessing for the Lord visiting for the Lord I'll tell you it strengthened my heart it challenged my heart I thought God has been good to me oh how the Lord has changed my life you go out to talk to people about the Lord and, and then while you're testifying to them of what he's done for you I'll tell you, you end up with a blessing a lot of times. It's amazing, isn't it? 
But God is at work in your life, dear friend. He's at work in all of our lives. Let's not lose heart now. I do believe that we're facing some things that are, obviously we know that are unprecedented in our lifetime, but things that, that we can see that are leading down the very path that Jesus spoke of. He says in John chapter 14 here, I will come again. He's coming again. Do we believe that today? Do we believe Jesus is coming again? Do you believe that? I believe it. Well, now's not the time to lose heart. Now's not the time, the time to even doubt to the point of indicting the Lord in our hearts and saying, wow, it's not worth it. doesn't make sense. I, I, I thought it'd be totally opposite of this. Sorry, friend. What we think about God, if it's not what God says about himself, we would do well to lay aside what we think and embrace what he says. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. There's no other way. There's no other hope. If you don't believe in me, you will die in your sins. What a powerful, powerful truth. May God speak to us, and may we draw closer to him and let him have his way with us this day. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.